0: All right, welcome to the Eerie Music History Podcast. I'm Chip Shell, your host, and today my guest is one of the Doc Boys. He's a guy that always has a smile on his face, and uh, that might be because for the past 22 years or so, you've been living in Florida, um... Maybe not 22 years, but a long time as a musician working for yourself, playing seven days a week. I saw you when I was down there in Marco Island a few years ago. So, welcome, Boyd Baker, to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Good to be here.
0: And uh, we just determined that where I work right now, where we are at in the studio, it may have been the last uh, real job that you had, right? I mean, I don't have a real job. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Good point. Yes, you have the best job. Actually, this was a fabulous place to work,
1: (laughs) and I just had to answer the calling to play music in my life.
0: Yeah, full time. So that was. Let's see. You stopped working here maybe in two thousand, and then you said that's right. You worked in Erie as a full time musician for about seven years, six years. Yes,
1: yes. Before I started traveling,
0: who were some of those bands? You said. Yeah, I was
1: with the Key West Express. I was with Sam Hyman. I was with Brick and Brian Butler. Had a duo together with Emily Fote. Okay, and uh, that was a good seven or eight years in Erie before I went to Florida and started full time.
0: Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, over the years, obviously, you and I we have uh, run into each other numerous times, um, and you know, I only know a short. A small amount about you. You know, I mean, right. from those early years, and that's what I want to get into here is, uh, you know, talking about how you got started. Um, so here's what I know um, you're a Erie guy. You grew up on West 38th First Street, right? That's right. Um, you're a running back for prep. That's uh, right. All right. You yes. graduate 82. 82. 82. Uh, so we're about the same age. Um, you buy your first, uh, Gibson SG from Dick Bulling himself for 400 bucks and oh, when yes. you're about 15 years old, right? Thank you, Dick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my, what a guitar that was. Yeah. Oh boy. You don't still have it. The one that got away. Yeah. You know, what was I thinking?
0: So that's when you're 15, but by the, yeah. that's in 1980 or that's in 1979 about. So mm-hmm. by 1983, you're playing with, you know, uh, Crossfire, you're playing with Henrik Ostergaard. So I want to know what happens prior to that. You just mentioned okay. playing some gigs You know when you were in prep, maybe. Um, oh, absolutely. But when did you
1: start? Well, if I go back to the beginning, yeah. I, I grew up on West 31st Street, which was close to the Liberty Plaza. Oh, okay. And there was a record store at the Liberty Plaza. Raspberry? Yeah, yeah. Raspberry Records. Yeah. And every Saturday, my brother and I, older brother, three years older. Okay. Big music fan. We were allowed to go up and buy one forty-five record every Saturday morning. Very cool. Yes, ninety-nine cents. Yeah, <laughs> right. And we used to just spin records at home and sing songs, and the, and all the kids in the neighborhood were doing the same thing. And uh, there was one day where my brother had a little league baseball game, and my dad was driving him to the game, and I was in the back seat just going along for the ride. Yeah, I remember my dad stopping at a red light. And a brand new song called Let It Be came on the radio. Wow. And I heard the piano mysteriously coming in. And when Paul McCartney started singing, it was when I saw the light. Yeah. It was it. I knew what I wanted to do from that moment on. That's awesome. It was really a moment. Did
0: your brother play music?
1: No. No. He's the biggest concert goer in America. Okay. He's a big musicologist right. with a major music collection. Gotcha. Like his entire house is loaded with CDs and tapes and videos. Right, and right. No, which no longer exist. I think he got rid of all of them and put them on hard drives.
0: Right, right. That's all you have these days. It takes a lot less So now space. he's got
1: real walls in his house. Yeah. 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 And
0: so you said, I appreciate the music, but I want to play it. Pretty much. Yeah. I
1: wanted a guitar ever since I was a little kid. Um, I just saw the guitar, and I said, Mom, i got to have a guitar, you know? I think I was six. Oh, geez. And they thought it would pass like everything else. And yeah. And, you know, three months later, I'm still saying, I want a guitar, you know? And she's like, all right, I think we should get him a guitar. So they started saving up S&H green stamps. Oh, my God. In those books. I forgot about that. Right? Yeah. And there was an S&H Green Stamp store down at 12th and Pittsburgh right. Avenue. Right, yep. Right where that Wendy's is. Yeah, right, now, right. right? yeah. That's where the store was. And uh, she, I'll never forget the day she finally put that last stamp <laughs> in that book and looked at me and she goes... Let's go get your guitar. I I mean, if you're younger
0: than 40, you have no idea what
1: we're talking about. Like, this
0: was a big deal. You saved up these stamps and you filled these books, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy.
1: She brought me down there to get my first guitar. And oddly enough, 30, 40 years later, I'm in Nashville doing a recording session with Joe Scatella from URI. and on the podcast. And there's George, who is Bonnie Raitt's guitar player. And he and I hit it off right away. We're just you know, in the kitchen during uh, NFL footballs, on TVs as we walk in to the studios. And he starts telling me this story about how his... Mom got him his first guitar through SNH Green oh my Stamps. Oh, God. You got to be great. Right? Me. Is he my best friend <laughs> now or what?
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So
1: Bonnie Raitt's a great guitar player. Imagine she hires a little yeah, right. guitar player. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's no slouch pretty good, by yeah. any means.
0: I was just playing acoustic that day. Yeah. So back in the day, then, you know, you're playing your SNH Green Stamps guitar. What was it? Do you remember? A no name. No name. Okay. Tobacco
1: yeah. Sunburst in color, though. Acoustic. Was, yes, acoustic. Yeah. Small right. body. Right. I remember it had a great sound. All right. First time I played it for my grandmother. She didn't think I'd be able to play at all. She fell off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Who were you taking lessons from? I was self-taught. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, once I finally get started getting going, and I was pretty much tinkering around with the guitar for a long time. But in 1975, when the album Frampton Comes Alive yeah. came out. Doesn't suck. Greatest. Yeah. Th- right selling live album of all time back right. then and i locked myself in my bedroom for three months <laughs> and, and like, i came out and you i knew feel... everything note for note nice
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> your folks must have been
1: going crazy oh, listening yeah. to... right and What's you're you only playing acoustic well at that time i had borrowed in electric guitar a black hagstrom oh. from a guy in the neighborhood oh and it was one of these things where just take it and have fun and learn. I don't want it back next week. I think I gave it back to him six months later. Who was the guy? I forget who what his name All was, right. but uh, right. he was a friend of my drummer at the time.
0: Wait, who was
1: uh, my my drummer, Paul Heiss? Okay, uh, that I went to Sacred Heart Grade School with, and gotcha. we started our first band when we were like twelve. Please tell me the name. I love these early band names. We called you know, it's funny how we really couldn't come up with a name for the band. But then our drummer, a guy by the name of Mike Hilbrick. Okay, yeah. There used to be Hilbrick Music Store in Erie. All his right. grandfather and his father uh, used to go and get all these great Gibson guitars from Cali Michigan, and bring them back to Erie. Well, Mike was a fabulous drummer. I, I heard him playing Wipeout that beginning to wipe out. <laughs> and I thought, I need this guy as a drummer in my band. So he had a drum set, and the brand name of the drum set was Polaris. Oh, and that yeah. was right on the bass drum. That's right. And I said, that's what we're going to call the band, because it'll look like we put our name on the <laughs> Yeah, right. That's easy.
0: Easy <laughs> right. advertising. They're doing right. it for you.
1: So we called the band Polaris.
0: And then you reunited with those guys. Yes. That's decades right.
1: later. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Three
0: piece, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So who else besides Mike? Uh, Mike?
1: Chris, Chris Dropcho on, on bass. On bass. And then Paul Heiss was the drummer. Uh, Mike, Mike Hilbrook has passed away. Okay. All right. But um, yeah, we reunited in uh, 2014. Right. I remember and, that. And played for maybe two or three years and then uh, put out a couple original songs that you could find on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Did yeah. those guys still play?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've got a fabulous guitar player and female singer right now, and they're um, they're working on their show. Uh, here. Yes. Here oh, here. okay.
0: Yes. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Great, yeah. great. So we'll look for their names soon. On, right. We'll listen to Jack Stevenson's podcast yes, and we'll hear all where about it. That's we'll find it. it out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Two man happy hour. You got to check mm-hmm. them out and listen to that and listen to uh, him and Nat the Hat and uh, on their weekly podcast tell everybody where everything is. Our going biggest on.
1: ambassador is for live music here in this town. It's great.
0: Yep. He does a great job. It's and, so nice. Um, so Sacred Heart, you're. You're playing music with your buddies, and you're obviously uh, an athlete, too. You're one of these athlete musicians, you know. That's all I Uh, wanted to
1: do, play football and play guitar. Okay, so it was just football? (laughs) Well, I played baseball and basketball,
0: ran cross country, but football Football was my first love. Yeah, and you're a bigger guy. You played fullback, right, Right. or or something like that. I mean, were a lot of your teammates into music? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah? Music lovers. We used to sing on the bus. Oh, okay. (laughs) On the way to games, we'd be singing songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. All very right. much so. So what other band beyond Polaris? How long did... So Polaris went all the way through high school. Oh. So Sacred Heart and Prep. Oh, wow. Where we played all of the different high school dances and all the functions. We were as busy as I am now. Wow. Yeah. It was unbelievable. No way. Yes. I didn't realize that. We were really booked I everywhere. probably
0: went to some dance that you right, played at maybe you know, we're the same age yeah, yeah we had
1: played everyone's high school dance all the pep rallies down at prep yeah you know when everyone's all fired up for a friday They'd night have game, you guys right? play too yeah That's we would play at the pep rallies what kind of stuff rock okay good good hard rock so at you know. that time what was what was it we were big into <clears throat> uh the band triumph you know van halen okay you know we were playing just whatever was good hard rock at the time right couple acdc songs you know that sort of thing and you're singing and playing lead uh i'm usually singing backup at that time oh yeah so we had different people singing um along the way and our last singer being a local uh guy jeff crock oh god yeah so he had the
0: acdc yeah. voice Absolutely. And that's where we were at yeah you know wait so he was in polaris for a while yeah at the tail end. Uh, you know, yes. Jeff was on the first season of my podcast. Okay. And I've known Jeff for years because of my uh, Erie County Fieldhouse House. Oh, yes. Right. And yeah. that's probably why I remember him telling me about Polaris. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. He's another big music enthusiast. I, I was just gonna say right. he I is a that.
0: wealth of knowledge, right. you know, about right. music in general. And and if you haven't seen Hell's Bells in town, yes. you gotta go see the Absolutely. ACDC tribute band. They're fantastic. The you Bellaminis know. is yeah, the right. Bellaminis, yes. right, yep, yes. right, right. And um grew up with Kent, them as well. Kent Williams, uh he was actually on the podcast when I interviewed Marlene Flick, uh, who you worked mm. with at Sherlock yes, I think, Marlene. back in the sure. day. You know, uh, Kent's great drummer. Um, so we're just name dropping here. So, yeah. okay. So, w- what happens then? You're in, uh, you're in uh, prep, and you graduate in '82, like I said. Yes. And right. you shortly thereafter are playing with Henrik Ostergaard, who goes on right. to form Dirty Looks. I mean, was there something in between? What happened? Well, I I went off to college at Barnd.
1: Um, or no? Yeah, I graduated from Penn State Baron okay. right here, which Perfect. was a. Pr- Wonderful school. We were there at the same time, and I was uh, working at a music store and teaching guitar and bartending at Sherlock's. I had three jobs, so to speak, while I was what music store? um,
0: MES Music, which was yeah, yeah, twenty sixth and Cherry there, yeah, for a long time. Mike stand that I use, I bought from Pat there. No kidding. And it was used then. What? Yeah, it was used then. That's how long. Oh, I've and had. gear was good. Absolutely, built, it's built heavy. to last. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It has the you know the strong bass and everything. So you worked at MBS yes. when he was at on Peach or on. Uh, eventually, we moved up to Peach. Okay, yeah
1: right. But we were most of our time was down there at 26th uh, and Cherry, right. where then R&R our music where Ron was, was. Yeah, yeah Was Ron right. for a long time. Gotcha, but. Right. Um, Shortly thereafter, 1983, early in 83, I entered an ad for a band called Crossfire. Right. That was looking for a lead guitar player.
0: Yeah. And they were already in
1: existence. Yeah, they had already been playing a year, and their guitar player was leaving. And I had gone to, uh, I answered the ad, they asked me to come down, and we just fell right into it. Did you? Oh, boy.
0: So... For those of you who don't know, Henrik Ostergaard, great guitar player, vocals. Um, you know He did go on to uh, form the famous band Dirty Looks. Jim Chartley was the bass player in that band, also vocals. You replaced Chris Trott, uh, right? In Crossfire. Uh, in yes. Crossfire. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Brozak was the drummer. That's right. All right. So that's who we're dealing with at the time. And you guys are playing the same type of stuff, like high energy rock and roll that maybe Polaris had been playing. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. But originals.
1: Well, we were not an original band to start. Ah, okay, because they had some. Didn't well, um, possibly. You know, yeah. what's, what's nice about Henrik is he loved to make records. Yeah, yeah. And his enthusiasm and his dedication was unparalleled. Just fab. I mean, he made his first record when he was 14.
0: And I was going to say, did you know him already or know no.
1: of him? No, I had heard about when they had played what was called We Love Eerie Days at the time. yeah. And someone said, there's this guy in this ACDC-type tribute band that you got to see. And he was really impressed with them. Oh, okay. And I, I never got the chance to see them, but then years later, it ended up being Henrik that he was talking about. Oh, okay. And uh, he was really going for that Bon Scott, but Angus on the guitar as well. Yeah. Those two guys together, and one guy, that was <laughs>
0: Henrik Ostergaard. And so when you show up for this... Uh, this interview, I guess, or this yeah, you know, audition. try audition. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't even know it was him. No. And uh, right. where was it? Do you remember?
1: Um, it was just out on uh, off of West 12th Street where the bass player was living oh, okay. his uncle at the time. All right. And uh, that ended up being our practice spot. Okay. All right. And uh, then we had a new drummer come in by the name of Paul Hausman. Okay. He was like Tommy Aldred back in the day. Just <laughs> fabulous. He brought it all together for us. All right. Yeah. All right. And we put together Crossfire, and we played as Crossfire for a year or two around Erie. We were kind of like the uh, house band at the, the Landmark. Oh, yeah. We were across from right, the world of world music, music, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, right. I think we were there at least one Friday and Saturday night every month. Okay.
0: You know, that was kind of like where we were getting tight. Because I know that in 82, the band Crossfire released a 45. Mm. And on it was Love on Demand and a song called Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was prior to you. Yes. And, um, um, Guy I know Dan Sheldon has posted a picture of that uh, he has that he has a great nice. local record collection. Wow! Um, so Dan is the one to go to for if you want to hear that. Yeah, but, I'd uh, love to. Yeah, yeah. My so, doctor says it's no good. That was my point. You were still doing those songs, right? <laughs> yes,
1: those couple tunes. Yes, perfect. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. It was so fun. So landmark? Where else back then? Sherlock's. We, we yeah we ended up on a. Mini tour, if you will. We oh. played with a band from Youngstown. And what we used to do is tour high schools in the tri state area. And either the band from Youngstown or ourselves would put together a two song show at the end of the day, the school day. Okay. It's say three o'clock in the afternoon with a show with both bands that night. Okay. So they could get a taste of what right. was gonna happen and then they all came. And we were sold out every night wow. with these two bands playing for, we did it for about three months. Huh. Most fabulous time of my life. Really? Oh, it was
0: great. <laughs> you're 20 years old or whatever. Not even, yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're playing for high school kids. Yes. That you have not been far removed from. Right. Age-wise. Yeah. And, uh, and you're traveling around and that's awesome. It's a
1: fabulous tour. <laughs> and okay. the band got just so tight. There's something about putting your sound out every night. In a small theater, if yeah. you will. We just got so tight on that tour. That's wild. Yeah, it was nice.
0: Like three months, you said. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And but, then
1: what happens? And then after that tour, uh, Henrik had talked about writing our own music and um, even maybe possibly going out to California to do it. Yeah. So he had the vision. <clears throat> Here I am at Penn State Barron going yeah. to school. And he said, well, we're going to hit the road and we're going to go to California. And I had just started a semester. Oh, okay. And I said I can't do it right now, you know. And then again, I don't know what I was thinking because that was my dream. But here, I want to be the responsible adult.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So um,
1: they they went out there to get started, um, and they came back here to recruit me, and I went back out there with them. Then. Oh,
0: so they did hang in there, and they didn't. Okay. Yes. And so almost
1: waited for me, which was you know because they knew how. What a tight unit we were. That's awesome.
0: And so, friends. I know that um, you had mentioned earlier when we were just chatting that you worked at Sherlock's for a period of time as a bartender. Yes. Were you already there or no? Um, playing. Were you working at Sherlock's at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. During that time period? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, was all bartender right. at okay. So, yeah. you're going to school, you're bartending. Right. And, and you've got this dream of, I'm going to go to California yeah. in 85 or 84. Five. You go out there 85. Yeah, yeah, I joined him in 85. Right, right, yeah. right. So they're already out there in San Jose, right? Or San Jose area. Right. Yeah, San, Francisco. San Leandro. Yeah. Or, San Leandro yeah. between San Francisco and San Jose. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and so I know you guys had like a rehearsal space and everything. Like he had all that figured out already. Yes. We had a nice big warehouse. Yeah, and that's where those pictures are from. For a big stage,
1: and we could play as loud and as late as we wanted. It was wonderful.
0: Was it? I mean.
1: What a way to put your act together. I mean. uh, No restrictions.
0: How did you, I've talked to Steve McConnell, you know. Yes. I mean, who did the same thing and went went out there, you know, with the snowmen and was living very thin, you know. I mean, uh, what were you doing for money? I ended up being a
1: bartender out there oh. at a fabulous Mexican restaurant okay. right on the San Francisco Bay. All right. So let's say I made um, maybe just a couple hundred dollars a week at Sherlock's. I went out there and it was more like $800 a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay. I went out there expecting to be broke. and I think I came home with like 10 grand.
0: Wow! To- <laughs> all right. So you were doing all right. Did oh, you, yeah. Did you guys play out there?
1: Yeah, we were um, doing mostly private parties. Okay. Yeah. And there were a couple other bands out there just getting started at that same time. Tesla. Okay. And Rat.
0: Wow. Yeah. And you guys are playing as they Dirty were our looks. rivals.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. All right.
0: So you ran into those guys? Oh, yeah.
1: Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. All right.
0: That must have been quite the scene. <laughs> it 80, was great. Early 80s. Yes. mid 80s right you know that was hair bands
1: hair bands 80s yeah. hair bands playing in small arenas
0: and parties and yeah it was great so yeah. you weren't going back to Baron <laughs> at any point uh, you you played out there for a while and so what happens then because um, I know that you didn't stay with them for real long Henrik had talked about
1: coming back to Erie to write and get into more of a, a moderate slower paced living area oh if okay. you well yeah so he and i came back who else was in the band we should mention that uh jim chartley playing okay. bass so he went out with you from he went out with us uh from with crossfire yeah mm-hmm. and then our drummer was the uh the California native and paul okay that's his name all right and uh oddly enough his brother was a pitcher for the oakland a's oh and i used to go out and catch for him to warm him up before a game wow yeah and every time i went to a gig then my hand was killing me oh really
0: (laughs) (laughs) so when you're playing in a band with with henrik yeah he's the lead player henrik
1: is rhythm player he's just rhythm yeah oh okay all right so you were 90 percent all right 90 every once in a while he'd say i'd like to take a lead on this song i wondered yeah but he always handed the, the lead guitar off to me which uh you know, I was studying Randy Rhodes at the time, and, you know. Gotcha. All
0: right. That's, you know, I love hearing this from you because it, a lot of people know who you are, you know, music-wise these days, and they may not realize this history. The of getting Right. You know, right. they may think of him as, he's the doc boy. He's yes. the guy that plays acoustic stuff, you know. Right. Um and, I mean, you must miss it. Oh, yeah. Playing that type of music. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm still a big fan of like Scorpions and Van Halen. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great if you could play in a full band oh, as much as you do. I'm now. not done yet. No, no, no. I've yeah. Got, absolutely. I've got one more good band in me. I know. Absolutely. It. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So, um, does the band come back here? Yes. We ended up
1: forming a band then instead of having our drummer Paul from San Francisco, we came back to Erie. Okay landed Steve McConnell right.
0: on drums right.
1: couldn't have been any better yeah and the, then the and, animal himself oh boy yeah it was just wonderful all right and then uh, jack i'm trying to think of jack's last name bass player Still around. Okay. Yeah. All right. He played bass for us when we were doing some shows at like Rainbow Gardens and Sherlock's. and That's what I was going to say. Where did you here. play?
0: Did you play a lot when you came back to Erie? Or? Um, no, just it wasn't full time like Crossfire.
1: Oh, okay. But right. uh, we were more into writing and recording with uh, Keith Vacheco. Right. and uh, who was a wonderful producer for us.
0: Yeah, I knew you recorded at his original studio on, what, 29th or At his house on 29th and Raspberry. Yeah, was that with Dirty Looks? Yes. Oh, okay, I wondered about that. Yes. Okay,
1: all right. Keith was uh, quite a uh, motivator. Yeah? Because he's a great guitar player himself. Right, right. You know, play that right or I'll have to get on the guitar and I'll play it. Oh, really? Okay, no, but, you know, in a good way. Yeah. You know? And uh, we put out some good sound, and uh, that was the beginning. Those recordings at Keith's studio is what got us signed to
0: Atlantic Records. Oh, okay, all right. Right there. And was John helping too, John Mazza? No, was he wasn't Keith? involved. Okay. It was just Keith at the Yeah, time. I know sometimes, yeah. you know, did it. All right, yeah. all right. so uh, how does that feel happen, Atlantic Records, you know, that whole thing? I mean, you're with the band when they get signed. I had just left. Okay, all right.
1: Yeah. Um, so Henrik was in the uh, process of shopping the tapes. Okay. And um, he was so good at that kind of stuff. That's what know. I wondered. Like, how does that... Make it headway and just promoting the band, marketing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I was so happy for him. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, before we get to you leaving, let's talk about the other guys that were in the band, your road Crew. So Jim Roseberry. Yes. Right? Fred Van Tassel. Right. And the man, Denny Thompson. yes.
1: I mean, couldn't have been any better. Great guys to have. Yeah. Best. Yeah. You just felt taken care of. You did. Every show, anywhere (laughs) you went, you had the confidence. It was all perfect. Cool. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it, especially for a
0: a band like that back then. You had a lot of heavy shit to carry. Oh, gosh. (laughs) uh, Big PA stuff. Big PA stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they would handle, you know, getting to a show and
0: setting up with the truck and all that. Right. So it was just great. Not like today with a bow stick and a little yeah, Mackie, right? and that Mackie board. And a lot of bag. sound, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all advanced. All right. So uh, give me the lowdown. Why did you leave? What
1: happened? I actually, I just got to the point where I thought I f- should finish my degree. Yeah. And uh, which I did. And I went into the working world, which was um, 20 years
0: of corporate America. So that was about what? 87, something like that. Yeah, or? some Yeah. Late 80s. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And they get the contract a little after you leave. Uh, that's in '88 for cool for the wire, right? Right. And um, so everything cool between you and Henrik at the oh, time. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, um, so it was a amicable split. You oh, left. sure. Who did I get to replace you? Um, Paul Leiden, I believe is his name. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go I know the they went through letter. a lot of changes
1: over the years. But, Even now uh, with the. Uh reunion show that they've put together yeah. i think paul's still playing oh yes, and jack pyres from okay. harpo they've got that oh. together and they're doing the dirty looks thing interesting oh, yeah. yeah
0: yeah i knew there's a website for it i didn't know there's who the guys still were interest in that band oh I'm yeah just, i'm
1: thrilled yeah yeah
0: that's awesome so you leave them and you get a real job in corporate america not that music isn't the real job right and what are you are you bumming? I mean, it's the eighties. No, you I still ended wanting up to play with who? Oh,
1: sure, yeah. So I um, was always playing out on the weekends. Okay, and I joined up with uh, Rick and Brian Butler, Steve McConnell on drums, One. and we had the most fabulous four piece band for about three years. Is it Wanted or
0: what was it? No, it was yeah. called
1: Rick and Brian Butler Band.
0: Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Because
1: they had been playing, they established their name as a duo. Yeah, yeah. Rick oh, yeah. and Brian Butler, yeah. and then so it's the Rick and Brian Butler Band. Yeah. And then you knew you could tell between the two. And uh, we were
0: playing. Oh, that was. Everywhere. You were playing everywhere? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize you Every were with them
1: Thursday, Friday, Saturday while I was working in corporate America and raising three kids. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Uh yeah. So that's in the 90s. Yes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because your son's born in 91 or something early like 90s, that. Or, yeah, yeah. Early 90s. Yeah. yeah. So you're married with kids and you're playing. Goofy's, Sherlock's.
1: Rathskeller. Rathskeller? Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Thank you, John. Even right. back then, that was when they owned it the first time, I That's think.
1: That's right. Yeah. From the first go around. Right. And we used to just pack the place. Yeah. 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 And who knew
0: you could have that much fun in such a small room? I know. <laughs> just great those brother brothers are fantastic we've already talked about steve mcconnell i mean he's incredible you know but that must Rock have been solid, yeah. lots of fun back then because they were at the height i mean everybody loved going to see them yes yeah right. good dudes yeah you know i
1: remember when when mojo from rocket 101 got yeah. married we played his wedding cool right.
0: <laughs> uh did you ever play the pi
1: uh no no, I had never played the P.I. Yeah. We're you know, it's funny because I was a bartender at Sherlock's and we were affiliated with the P.I. Right. Same owner. Right. We used to go down there every Saturday and play volleyball. Yeah. And I used to go down there and see the bands, you know, my friends in the Stabilizers or even when Donnie Iris would come to town. But, right. Uh, I had
0: never played the P.I. myself. Yeah. yeah you were there the last day probably. Yes, right. I was with you. A yeah. sad last day. Yeah. But it was a fun last day, man. It sure was. Yeah, I mean, We went out with a band. Everybody remembers that. And, you know, you just mentioned Donnie Iris. You've mentioned a lot of other bands over the years. You mentioned playing in Nashville. So my podcast, I always say, goes to 1990, you know. Um, but yeah, obviously you continued a heck of a lot after that, you know, even with Rick and Brian Butler, you know. Um, but how does, what ends up happening then through the 90s? Um, with you musically. I um, was
1: with Rick and Brian for a good amount of time. I joined up with Sam Hyman. In the Sam Hyman band? Uh, we put that together, too, okay. so, yes. All right. uh, or what, did you play with them as a duo? As a duo. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Great. Three Great. solid years of just playing everywhere. Great. Yeah. And when we were at the Warner Theater for First Night Erie on oh, New Year's Eve, yeah, it doesn't get any better. Nope. When I'm standing there going, Bob Hope was standing right here. <laughs> Yep, yeah, I've played there, too. It's crazy, Vincent man. Price. Yeah, ours. right. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, playing with Sam, it's
1: got to be oh, great, yeah. awesome. Fabulous. You know? Yeah. Just the two of us acoustic guitars and harmonies. Right, right. It was just great. You know, and then after that, joined up with the Key West Express. It okay. was a nice run. Yeah. And the Doc Boys ever since. 13 uh, years now. Key West Express, it must have been the early days of it. Um. They did. They were already around for about two or three years. Okay, all right. And then I joined with them, and we got a seven-year run. The most fun I ever had. Did you? Did Scott replace you? Scott or? was with me. Oh, so Scott was playing lead. Oh, you were playing. I was playing That's acoustic right. and okay.
0: singing most of the songs. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So much fun. Great band. Still oh, around. Gosh. Go see them. Love yeah. them. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful people. Um, so, what leads you to Nashville? the story that you told us about Bonnie Raitt's guitar player.
1: So I went um, down to Nashville thinking I was going to make a uh, relocation. Okay. And I get down there and um, I discover that none of the musicians are getting paid. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Some of them started 10 o'clock in the morning. Others started like midnight and it's just all day and night. Yeah. Now, when one of the waitresses would come up and grab your tip jar and walk around the room, she'd come back with 300 bucks. It was great. Yeah. But um it was getting a little cold down there come November. Yeah. And I said I've got to go to Florida.
0: Okay. <laughs> so But but there's a so the California trip was only with dirty looks. That's right. Okay. So yeah. that's when you and I were talking beforehand. That's when you met up with John Novello and yes. went and saw him. You made uh, a visit to John in his house, yes. All right. Fabulous guy. Great. Great eerie musician out of Berkeley. Right. Right. what can you say and we're recording this now in august um john was just back in town playing with jim madden at the uh, Manicor. you know a beast of an organ player uh, you know world renowned like you said you saw his gold record for a taste of honey on the wall um it's quite a sight did you see anybody else uh in erie uh, out in california when you were out there or um yeah
1: probably Met up with a number of people, not not only just musicians, but friends yeah, and other right, people right. doing their thing. Right. Uh, my good old friend, David Fabrizio, who's yeah. an actor, right. um, and he's got credits this long right. you know, as far as, um, but I uh, spent a lot of time with him in California. And, and you just played a gig for him this week. That's right. At the Yacola, That's right. right? Yeah, yeah, his family. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was playing out there quite a bit. Uh, California's a tough market, too. I'm sure. I remember playing 21 straight days up and down the coast from San Diego to Malibu. That was a blast. Yeah. April, maybe 2007. By yourself? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, going solo, playing up and down the coast. It was just great. And they paid you for those gigs, obviously. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So why Florida? So I'm in Las Vegas to start um, playing in in a band on the Strip. That's right. You told me
0: about that.
1: Yeah. Like a bigger band, right? Yes. And we'd start at 11 o'clock at night and play till three in the morning. At a casino. Yeah. And it was wearing on me. I bet. And someone said, well, what are you looking for? And I said, I'd like to be outdoors, you know, looking at the beach. Oh, you need to go to Florida. And I thought, okay. So I went down there to try it. I literally drove down there went over the
0: bridge on Fort Myers beach and landed home. Tell the story about going into the one place the yes. restaurant and the guy was like, who, it was yeah. like lunchtime or something. Right. right. And weren't you? Yeah. I
1: showed up at a bar and I said, Hey, I'm a musician looking for a gig. He said, I'm expecting him to say, you got a card. Do you have a demo? He goes, well then get your guitar and come on here and play for us. Yeah. I'm like, okay. All right. So I, I go in, I set up, I, I start playing. I played five songs. He comes out, he goes, I want you five nights a week. I thought, wow, this is how it works in Florida? Yeah. People are fun in Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that kind of led to other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, um, you know, Fort Myers Beach has been hit hard with the last hurricane. So I'm down in Naples and Marco Island now. Right. Laying down there full time at the big beach resorts and FD
0: pockets. That's where I saw you. Right? Yeah, right. That was yeah. so nice. Yeah, and you said like those Big resorts, you become an employee of theirs, right? You have to sign Very up with them, steady. And, and it's a contract. Yeah, you're locked in. You're locked yeah, in, right? So once you get in, it's a good deal. Mm. Uh, like when we saw you, you were playing two different days, I think, and you were playing during the afternoon, maybe like literally right off the beach. Yes. Um. But then sometimes I'll see you. Uh, you're on like the third floor in the bar up there, overlooking right. the beach or whatever, and you guys kind of switch. Because you said you knew all the different players, yeah, right? Yeah, that
1: particular Marriott has nine different restaurants Oh, okay. And, and 11 different music venues. Wow. And then in addition to that, I would do most of their weddings and corporate events. Yeah. So it amounts to probably five days a week at that one location. Okay, all And right. then another day or two at, at some of the other bars and restaurants on the island. Right. But uh, yeah, fabulous beach resort locked into. I just re-signed a contract with them. And, Good for uh, you. I wasn't sure I wanted to, but they uh, made a nice offer. It's so. <laughs> good.
0: So seven days a week you're playing
1: uh, during season, meaning that uh, from Christmas to um, through the end of April. Yeah, and then with the heat of summer. Yeah, I'm trying to go down to four or five a week. Uh, do you always
0: come back to Erie?
1: You know, I always had. Yeah, um, I was always a snowbird. Right, and come back for five months. I think everyone can guess which five months. I'm <laughs> right, gonna... <laughs> right.
0: Our best months.
1: Yeah, right, yeah.
0: And then <coughs>
1: COVID COVID, hit. Right. And I had 75 gigs canceled in 2020 up here. Oh, sh- So I stayed in Florida. Yeah. And kept playing. And then now uh, with the Marriott, it's kind of an annual job. But they let me go one month a year. Oh, okay. So I'm up here now every August. Okay. To play and have fun and and revisit friends and family. How many gigs do you have right now? So I'm, I was here I'm going to be here for uh, 21 days and I have 15 gigs. All right. Yeah. There you go. And I'm, Putting campfire jams and all that other stuff together on my off night.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was, I'm, I'm lucky to have got you on an this off night. This is my only before, night to yeah, do this. This is a Monday night we're doing this. You just played with my buddy Viggs uh, the other day at the Rascaler. Uh, you played at the uh, yacht club uh, with your, your um, partner and the Dock Boys, Matt, Matt Kramer. Kramer. So, are these gigs that you have here with Matt or solo? It's a combination. It I try to play with Matt as much as
1: possible. You we do. We have so much fun together. So out of 15, I maybe have four or five solo.
0: Wasn't Matt in Florida with you for a while, too? Yes.
1: Matt comes down to Florida every year. And, oh. and we have the Doc Boys down in Florida. Oh. When he arrives um, by the end of October through the end of April. Wow. Wow. Got them down there, and we've got the dog boys That's awesome.
0: That's great. It must be nice to have someone else to play with rather than doing the same thing. It's a
1: little lonely and and, uh, playing by yourself. I'm sure. And all the weight's on you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: You know, I know that from talking to you from when we were down there, uh, you mentioned these corporate gigs that you get, and I've seen some of your posts on Facebook. I mean, you get to open for some pretty cool acts. Uh, over yes. the years, I mean, who were some of the people that? Well, you've... it's funny that these corporate events they hire big name entertainment and
1: yeah. uh, the people that have come down. With, the first one was many years ago was Huey Lewis in the News. Oh wow! And what a stage they set up out on the beach for him! It was just fabulous. Yeah, but I have opened uh, for other at corporate events for uh, Darius Rucker, uh, Toby Keith, okay, uh, Tim McGraw, um, and most recently Sublime. Wow. Can you imagine? That's wild. Sublime at a corporate event? Yeah, yeah. I think they were related to someone in the company, but absolutely the loudest drummer I ever heard in my (laughs) life. I don't even know why they had his drums mic'd. Yeah. Oh, boy, could this guy hit. Wow. Oh, it was fabulous.
0: Do you get to meet any of these folks when you're... You're yeah, doing you see, they're, they're coming up to uh, see my show oh, as okay. well
1: because they just got done with
0: their sound check. And you're doing your typical show. You're not doing, like, sublime type of right. music when you're opening for Sublime. Right. You're doing bland, my thing. Jimmy Buffett, whatever. Yes. Yeah, gotcha.
1: Whatever I kind of read the crowd yeah. and, yeah, right, see right, what right. they might, what might go over. right. And uh, every once in a while, they hit it with, like, a, a face-melting solo, and the place goes nuts, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my, filling it all that's over right, again, that's you know? That's right.
0: Yeah. When um, Huey played, uh, I know Jim Moran was his sound man for many, many years. Yes. Although so, so he's right. passed away. Was he with them then? I or? believe so. Was he? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So I'm,
1: I want to say that was 2013. Okay. Yeah, all right. is when that show was. Got yeah. those
0: eerie connections everywhere. It's great. Yeah,
1: everywhere I'd go, there seems to be somebody from Erie. Yeah. When I'm at a show down there, I go, hey, "I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania." All of a sudden, this table goes crazy over here. I'm like, "What, <laughs> really?" <laughs> or they'll say, "We're from Meadville." Yeah. I go, wow. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking with me today about all this stuff. Uh, what did we fun. miss? Anything? I'm what? just going to keep this going.
1: I mean, the older guys here from Erie have really been a big inspiration
0: to me for so many years, and they're all still doing it. We talked about this ahead of time because we both feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, we threw out names like John Novello already, um, but who else? Mike Miller. Mike
1: Miller. Scott Campbell. (coughs) Right. Tim McLaughlin. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) all these guys that have played in all these great bands that I used to watch back in the 70s. Right, right. And they were my inspiration then when I was 12, 13, 15, and here they are all still doing it.
0: Yep. So nice. I think we all
1: just uh, live a healthy lifestyle, keep this going.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? Keep playing. Right. Cool, man. A lot of fun. Well, that's what we do. We have a lot of fun with this. So, so I. A a lot of fun talking to you as usual. Thank so. you, Chip. So it's always a great good time. seeing you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Eerie Music History Podcast. I want to say thanks to the JPT Foundation. They have been a financial supporter of the podcast since the beginning, and they also will give us a free space to have our monthly music night on the first Tuesday of the month. It always features our great house band, The Fabulous Leftovers, as well as a lot of other local bands and musicians. Sometimes it's a basic open mic after that, but it's a lot of fun. First Tuesday of the month, totally free. Any donations, go to the Second Harvest Food Bank. It is BYOB. Uh, you can bring in alcohol, drinks, whatever you like. There's a great pizza shop next door, Paso uh, There's a subway in the plaza, so check that out. The first Tuesday of the month, Uh, Aside from the JPT Foundation, I want to thank Angelo Phillips, who has been a financial supporter of the podcast for the past couple months. Angelo is a great local musician who I will be happy to play with. Next year, we're going to play a few gigs together, so looking forward to that. Also, make sure that you check out Jack Stevenson's Two Man Happy Hour podcast. Basically tells you where people are playing today um, where and when and uh, you can check that out at the number two man happy hour.com check that out he also does a weekly podcast with our sound man for the monthly music night uh, brian waller as well as nat the hat so the three of them do a great podcast where they interview local musicians and they again talk about who is playing where but more importantly, they play a lot of local music on that. So check that out. That's um, Music Chat with Nat the Hat, and you can find that uh, on Facebook anywhere. All right, that's all I got for you. Thanks again for listening.